If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham, and this is another roundtable news episode, which also means I have a panel of game developers here to discuss the latest news and game development impacts in the past month. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and switch to the three cam love screen what's up everybody all right to my right side let me see oh uh, i see first try we have ray Grant. what's up ray hey what's up how you doing and on my left side we got richard q what's, what's up, up guys all right Yo. so uh you guys know the rules i'm gonna come up with a few topics and let's go ahead and jump right into it right so of course fresh off the news uh, a storm has hit California finally, and this is kind of going to affect Ray first. So we know he's going to be the first one to die if this is of any impact. Uh, the coronavirus postponed GDC, <laughs> which also meant the GDC is canceled, right? Let's just be honest. <laughs> so, uh, of course, the GDC is a game developer conference that happens once a year. It's one of the biggest events that happens for game developers to kind of get together spread the love spread the news share connect all that stuff usually happens in march but we're about two weeks away or a week away when this podcast is out this episode and uh everybody pretty much within the next couple months gdc included events have been canceled left and right because of the scare now i want to hear your opinion ray let's just start with you right how much of this is all hype? How much is it is real? I mean, you're in the, uh, what do you call it? The, the hot zone now, right? You're in the quarantine zone. Uh, is it is it as scary as everyone's kind of making it out to be right now? It just seems like San Francisco is in an emergency lockdown, all that stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's uh, as serious as everybody's making it out to be, but definitely it's better to be safe than sorry, right? And so getting a bunch of people together in one place, usually there's always like the the notion of the con flu. When you do a big event like that, you come back home, you're always sick because you got a, you got some sort of sickness from somebody else that was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with coronavirus going on, you just really can't take the risk, right? So you have to you have to be careful. So Richard, like I, I know that you have GDC plans, right? And uh, from what I heard, you're still planning to go up there to kind of meet and connect. And I'm sure there's a lot because not a lot of people had the opportunity to cancel their flights and a hotel and everything, right? So we'd love to kind of hear your thoughts about this. Is is the coronavirus yeah. scary enough for you? 
you're too tough for it uh to tough it, it out it's it's uh it's definitely scary um you know not a day goes by that i don't get updates like about how <laughs> yeah. you know some number of people have contracted it at a different country and more people have passed away or this conference has been canceled like google's like uh their biggest conference just got canceled um the thing about going to gdc for me is uh uh uh, I was, I, I'm a bit lucky because I have like, uh, people that I can stay with, like family I can just stay with. And so I don't, I didn't have to like book, uh, hotels really too far in advance. And like my flights, I've got a lot of points saved up from actually when you and I worked together in San Fran, Brandon. Um, I think like, because like as an indie developer, a lot of like our strategy for PR is to meet with press and to just talk to them and demo the game. Like that's actually what our current goal is. Um, we can do that in a much smaller environment in a weird way. A very large crowded Moscone center is not really what we were hoping to show the game at anyway. Uh, so we can kind of keep it more on the down low. Um, in some weird way, like, because there's not going to be that, like, there's going to be less people at GDC. Maybe it's going to be a little bit easier, but like when I was talking to my PR team, they were like saying like, yeah, just like fly in early, fly out the same day and just like, you know, just, just keep yourself safe. And so, you know, I'm going to do a little risky, but yeah, that's, that's sort of the plan. And of course, like a lot of efforts are being made for people who aren't like yourself well you have the flexibility because you're within california but a lot of people kind of depend on that week yeah. to kind of promote and help out with everything that is their game not not as you can imagine not a lot of people can delay a year and pick it up in uh gdc 2021 uh so there yeah. are relief efforts well, well, being wait, made that, all over the place yeah it's, it's, yeah i saw i saw the relief efforts that's really cool um i thought gdc was just supposed to be postponed till um summertime but i don't know maybe that was some, that was something i read a couple of days ago is that still, is that true or that that was said. <laughs> but let's be yeah. honest man like it's gonna be they didn't put a date <laughs> i mean that's the first that's the first well, still, yeah go well, ahead well, they're still, they're still, yeah they're still trying to figure it out but also like summertime is right in the midst of SIGGRAPH and e3 and yeah. gamescom like it's it's yeah good luck Good luck finding a spot. Yeah. yeah, finding a spot and like just having people replan things to kind of fly out there. It's going to be at best a fraction, a very small fraction of what would have been, you know, 29,000 attendees for 2019, right? It would be way less. And without the crowd, not a lot of people are going to be very interested to kind of go GC. People have other plans and other conferences to go. So it's as good as dead. Uh, I think they should just, you know, uh, count their losses and just move on and, and just plan for the next one. Because we don't even know how long the coronavirus was actually extend to. I think it's kind of foolish for them to kind of plan something and then it still is a problem in the summer and they have to do it again. That would be pretty bad PR. But uh, aside from that, like I kind of want to look at the overall impact of what the scares have doing, right? Uh, you know, the last time this was as scary was SARS or, or something of the effect where globally there was an issue, right? But coronavirus is kind of affecting the stocks market and everything that goes through China, basically. Um, you know, a lot of industries are affected. I want to know your thoughts, Rich, uh, about 
do you think this is going to play a bigger role in the game industry, this coronavirus thing? Um, uh, I honestly don't think so. I think it's going to really just slow down just like any sort of like um, global development. Like, so, you, so like the largest publishers, I think, will be hurt the most because like, obviously, it's harder to do like any sort of uh, travel like um so, so I, I know I work uh, as a consultant for Tencent and like they have very strict rules now on like traveling and um, they're suspending all sorts of like, um, like people should have to work from home in certain areas and stuff. Uh, like my LA office was actually told to go home and until further notice, do not come into the office. And that's preempting sort of like uh, concerns that they have because the location of our office uh like there's like high traffic among with like other companies too, because uh, it's a shared working space. And so, you know, it's not like like things are still going to get done, but maybe they won't get done as fast, or the quality won't be as high. There's definitely like a lot of people just like kind of joking about, oh man, is there is going to break out like in uh, Koreatown in L.A. or something, or like oh, there's news that it. Uh, uh, happened in San Antonio or, you know, so there's, it definitely dominates a lot of like, uh, conversations and there are some real world impacts that happen, but I don't think it's going to affect the video game industry as a whole. I actually think like PR will be certainly stifled a bit because of these conferences, but then I think that just means that, you know, creative marketing, uh, will have to play a bigger role and, uh, maybe, um, maybe that actually makes it easier for indies to, to get their word out. I don't know. We'll see. How about you, Ray? Yeah. How do you feel? No, I just think it will be uh, a way to get better at uh, video conferencing, remote working. Yeah. Uh, like, in, you know, in my company, we already do a lot of that already. We already distributed all around the world. And so it's just like, okay, well, don't travel do critical meetings over over Zoom, and then it's just business as usual, right? So, so I don't I don't see it. I see it. It can be a lot of a lot of good things can come out of it where people understand that. Oh, wait, this still works. We can still do Zoom meetings. We can still do remote work, and maybe we don't actually have to be in offices all the time, right? Uh, so that's that's one good thing that will come out of that. Maybe people will learn this. Yeah, I mean, it is encouraging that. Um the game industry has proven to be recession proof in 2008. So now we're going to be Corona proof or virus proof in 2020. And I, I do think there are some side benefits of people realizing like, Hey, maybe we don't have to be standing next to each other as much. And maybe there is going to be a rise in remote work uh, in the game industry and, and more of that now that people have cooties. Yeah. So <laughs> aside from that, uh, the coronavirus hopefully is just one of those things that I feel like uh, is just overhyped and people are just being extra careful. I think GDC is, has always been a hotbed for diseases so even without a virus a new virus coming about i think people have always kind of been scared of gdc because be you know we always come back with some type of sickness just rubbing shoulders with the dirtiest types of people uh game developers <laughs> so uh in the meantime i think it's all good i mean it is sad i was really looking forward to it. like many of you guys i don't know ray you live there but I was fully planning out to be up there for a whole week, party it up. It's one of my favorite times of the year to kind of meet old friends. Uh, it is kind of weird to kind of not go this year. It's been like five years in a row for me at least. 
Um, for all the people out there, I feel bad for you. Again, extending my uh, uh, you know, empathy for people who just yeah. were looking towards that as a, as a way to kind of promote their game and, and can't really do that as much. Uh, hopefully, I mean, we can. I mean, you can still come. You can still come and party it up, right? But uh, I just won't be partying with you. I'll <laughs> stay far, far, far away from you. But yeah, he'll be on a Zoom. I'm sure. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> I'm sure there's be some folks partying it up. Uh, I think so too. I would like, yeah, I would love to see if GDC kind of really. I mean, if it's favorable, they probably would release of who is actually going to still come. Like of the, I'm pretty sure their their record breaking number would have been thirty thousand again or something. So it would have been would be pretty nice if they yeah. just let those numbers slip and like uh, five thousand or ten thousand people are still going to show up. It might actually help. But I don't think so. Nah, like, yeah, when it comes to companies, nobody's coming, right? I'm just talking about indies, indies, and just small folks that want to come out and just meet up with friends and party up. I'm sure there will still be some that are coming, right? Yeah. A few, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Richard and his uh, buddies. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But well, I'm not going to be partying, man. I'm too old for that stuff. No, you're never too old to party, man. So, uh, <laughs> fresh from our last roundtable, we're kind of talking about Stadia, right? Stadia kind of had like a hobbling start. And uh, in more recent news, pretty much right after we talked, uh, there has been some kind of like uh, dirt coming about about Stadia. There's developers coming out saying, well, indie developers especially coming out and saying that the exclusivity deals that they've been approached with has been just downright deplorable <laughs> and laughable <laughs> and completely disrespect. Uh, I was surprised to kind of see that type of thing. But at the same time, if we kind of leveraged or, or at least weigh in on how Stadia is doing as a platform, you know, uh, early adopters uh, like our friend Ray over here uh, have been 49 days and counting without any real news or updates on their uh, news page or whatever. Right? Is this still coming? Is this still true? Have they fixed that? Is this still a, a thing that you guys don't know what the hell is going on? I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not watching for any new Stadia news, right? I, I know that there's things in development and there will be things coming down the pipe eventually. Uh, I think you're also overselling a bit the the news about uh, the deals with the indies, right? Really, it's just like indies are like, why should I put my game on this platform if I don't know the numbers of people that are using it and there's no financial incentive for me to do so either, right? Uh, so like, why should I probably, like, why should I spend the time? Right. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that makes perfect. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But they go down right to the uh, to the money part, man. They said like uh, a lot of well, there's, uh, there's, there's no money. There's no money. Like, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. not offering money. Right. And, <laughs> so that's right. And that's that makes sense to me. Right. That like Google is not pouring just money down the drain to try to get people onto the platform mm-hmm. uh, when they're trying to they try to use it in other ways, right? Mm-hmm. And so actually the, develop develop right. IP that will that will actually stand out on their platform. Yeah. Good luck with that. So Rich, I kind of walk want to walk over to you, right? So Yo. So Google as a as a company have been in recent years 
been earning a bad rep with not following through with their products, right? I mean, they're just, it's just, they're more of their thing now. Uh, and, and on top of that, they're trying to get people to get interested with Stadia and they're just not doing a good job. Uh, I think uh, in a very noobish way into the game industry, they're just Hmm. causing a lot of mistakes right like what would you say as a game developer if you want to you know as in your opinion like how can they turn this around at this point to kind of earn everybody's trust for developers for gamers like is there a road back for for someone Uh, that's not interested in this platform at all like what would be a like a business way to kind of get on the good terms so so uh I, I always had a theory when I was a little kid that like people don't buy uh, they're not attached to platforms they're attached to games and like very very young like say when say Mortal Kombat came out and it was on the Super NES and it was on the Genesis and it was like oh my god like you can do the blood code in Mortal Kombat that's like the superior game and so like everyone like sort of flocked to that it, it was less about like the platform it was on it was more about the game itself and the features it has uh, I think like the the problem like with the uh, Google sort of uh, business model with Stadia is that you're just they're just letting you play games that you otherwise can play just like more conveniently, and that's just like you know I kind of said this in the last uh, roundtable that that's not that's a hard thing to sort of quantify. Also because like the pricing is a bit wonky, and because like you know you have to like factor in things that you don't normally factor in, like oh what's my uh, yeah, what's my hardware specs? You know, like most people don't think about that very much. And it's weird because like the type of people I think that Stadia is shooting for are the people that depend on the hardware, like on their phones or like consoles to be relatively stable. So thinking about how that factors into the experience is tough. Um, so even with that confusion, going back to my original point, I think like having like a good exclusive game will actually like... Um, help remedy things quite a bit because it helps show a blueprint to everybody else like you know this is the kind of like experience that's unique to stadia that other games can't provide um i i haven't thought a lot about what that game might be um but but i think that would actually help uh google sort of turn it around and demonstrate that they can provide value to it assuming that's their strategy uh, i think like uh them offering low amounts of money is trying to maybe play possum a little bit while they do try to negotiate and get like a really good deal from someone to make some kind of exclusive content. I'm not quite sure. It's really, uh, I guess to answer your question about whether or not how they could turn it around is I think they need to develop their own games. I'm not sure how they can do it because they certainly don't, they're not a first party publisher or developer. Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> maybe check that out next month. No, no, they they have a first party team yeah. in in, oh, Montre- in Montreal making it's games. Yeah, it's a lot of Ray's old yeah. friends. Oh shoot! <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, oh, like, no way, no. It, I want. I can totally understand how you feel like there isn't a first party team <laughs> because they're not really announcing anything. But, but so, I mean, oh, like, yeah, like, yeah, like no games, no games have been announced, but they definitely no games. Have, they're still party. being made, right? I see. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, my, my apologies to. Yeah. yeah, my apologies to Jade and and yeah, I just it's because like that was like a kind of a very great lead-in point for Stadia games, but not it's just it's kind of like washed over by all of the yeah, I lack mean of yeah. news and sort of the, yeah, it's you know. great that they brought like the people the the appeal right, but 
These are people that take yeah. five to ten years to make a game <laughs> and hope well, that it yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, that's I the think timeline we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a while to make a game, period. Right. And so it's gonna take a while before you see these first party games come out. Sure. Yeah. But I want to ask you, Ray, like we're we're a third in the year, right, of 2020. We're in March now. All right. It's safe <laughs> to say that we're not going to have anything this year for Stadia. There's no exclusive games coming out. There's nothing exciting. going. That's why their best choice in action right now is just being quiet because they don't have anything to talk about. Right. Uh yeah. Is is there anything this year they can do? Is there, do they need to be as aggressive as Xbox? Been buying just a bunch of third parties and just get something out there to kind of save some face. I've I've no idea what their plans were for GDC. I have no idea what the plans are for E three. Um, I assume there are plans for all these things. Then maybe we'll hear more around around E three. Mm-hmm. Do you guys still still think E three is gonna gonna happen, or the coronavirus is gonna get worse? What's going on with that? I mean, we're basically two months away from that, so I don't know. It seems really close. It doesn't sound well, right like now, a, I, it's slowing down. I well, right now, right now, everybody's kind of like, let's wait to see what happens at the end of March, right? A lot of travel and a lot of companies are closed until the end of March, and then they're gonna reassess. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Like um, maybe by then, after all the precautions are taken, it will start tapering off, and then the, it won't be the number of infected people won't just be growing crazy. But, but we we just have to wait and see, right? Yeah, I mean, between the two cities of San Francisco and LA, if I had a choice in outbreaks, I prefer San Francisco. <laughs> I don't want to be in Los Angeles <laughs> when shit goes bad, dude. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so yeah, I don't think uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's, it's not going to be like the Walking Dead. No, it's not. It's not the Walking Dead. You know, you know what the coronavirus reminds me of? It's like I forget what that game is called. It's like uh, Epidemic or something. And it's yeah. like you can create this virus that can spread like crazy, and then you eventually see the world like shut off all like air transportation and your lethality rate's not super high but you know you infected everybody and then eventually someone makes the cure and then you lose the game so i feel like that's kind of like you know obviously it's not a video game but it just kind of i feel like there's the 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 response to it has been pretty um strong in the wake of like yeah 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 so i i think like hopefully you know like i'm not sure exactly when SARS happened, Brandon, how did it sort of like die down? Like, I, I can't, I, I'm trying to remember like when that happened. Uh, my memory was like, it was a lot of SARS was a lot more deadlier because, uh, but the thing yeah, is, they didn't yeah. get the data until after everything happened. It was 10% kill rate of whoever got, got infected, right? Right now, it's, we're at coronavirus at 2%, but might be climbing, but you know, we're still in like the beginnings mm. of it. Um, we're talking about Orange County where we're from, right? There's just uh, recently today, there's like two cases in Santa Ana that just happened. So the spread is slowly right. happening, but it isn't as crazy as I feel most people are making it out to be. But again, you know, I, I'm at home most of the time now. So <laughs> I, I tell my wife, it's like until our neighbors start like spazzing out, we have nothing to worry about. We're the last ones that get infected. Yeah. Um, 
I just don't see it being a big deal. I feel like America, if anything, over like overreacts more than other countries that are actually impacted by this right now. Well, like, so I, it's only it, affected like, eight thousand people. So, anyway, go on. Yeah. No, but yeah, just also remember too, though. Like, there are two deaths in Seattle. Most folks don't die as you have a compromised immune system. So, like, it's not that big of a deal, right? But it's still like in the U.S., there are some cases of people dying and, and getting affected, right? So it's like it's still something you should take serious. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it's not like you're going to catch it and then just drop dead, right? Like that's yeah. not necessarily going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's definitely something you don't want to be spreading around and, and catching, right? So yeah. you, you still have to be careful and, and take it and take it serious. So. Yeah. So just as a so looking at some statistics, so SARS lasted about two years, at least according to the Wiki outbreak data, and infected nine. Uh, 8,000 people, whereas uh, coronavirus has been around for what, like, uh, I'll just say conservatively four months, and it's something like 90,000 people worldwide have, have been diagnosed. People, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's highly, highly contagious. So I think, like, that's kind of like why there's been such like drastic measures because it only takes like a couple people and then it just kind of all hell sort of break loose. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's the new zombie virus. Well, we'll see, man. <laughs> I really doubt at this rate E3 is going to happen. I think they're praying that it will. But uh, this, if anything, day to day, week to week, it seems like this thing has been coming, at least in the United States, becoming more of an issue. Yeah, I'm very, uh, I'm very, well, I'm not too surprised that GDC was canceled. I just, I was surprised how long it took for them to finally pull the trigger. <laughs> it took them a good while. I mean, we were looking at the list, everybody, I'm sure, of the booths that were kind of being red, red lined out. <laughs> and it was pretty much how a virus would infect <laughs> the booths if it was done in real time. <laughs> it was like Epic, Amazon, <laughs> Unity, Facebook was first. It was like all the major companies. So it was just really... They left with no choice. But that is what it is mm-hmm. uh, with Stadia. Uh, just to kind of finish that up, I don't know. My heart says because Ray's team is still there, right? That's a lot of hefty checks. Uh, <laughs> Ray's old friends are over there. Why is my, why is my name being uttered in this? <laughs> That's your crew over there, right? The Ubisoft, the Ubisoft crew is over there. So I'm sure they're working on something exciting. It's just going to take a while. But what I'm curious about is are they willing to kind of sit that for the next three years with bad press? Uh, in hopes that that Assassin's Creed-ish game is going to break records everywhere, right? Don't know. I have no idea, man. It's Google. <laughs> why, why, one, why are you assuming it's Assassin's Creed-ish? Why? You're making a lot of assumptions there, bro. Man, I, it has to be some kind of big open-world <laughs> Stadia game that connects YouTubers and viewers alike. It has to be some kind of global change of a game that connects oh all God. the google services together like they're they always go big like that right but who, who knows? knows who knows who knows but it's gonna take a while i'm just curious to see how you know ever since the launch or whatever like is there any gonna be any good press that comes out you know uh but 
There has been nothing but bad stuff happening ever since uh, the, the the announcement. Yeah. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, talking about the streaming world a bit, right? So, uh, this was kind of a surprise because the, the the day that I was kind of excited about GeForce Now being like an alternative, right? Being the answer, uh, the interim step to to streaming games, uh, right after beta closed and officially launched, uh, Blizzard, <laughs> Activision pulled out, so none of their games worked. And shortly after, Bethesda pulled out, <laughs> and none of their games worked. And people forget, GeForce Now was in beta or alpha for like four years, so they had no issues until they finally launched, which was a big sucker punch to the gut. <laughs> Uh, which also means that uh, they lost all trust. <laughs> like everybody who buys into the system is like, oh, so tomorrow all these games can disappear. Fuck that. I'm going to wait for the next thing. <laughs> so I want to know your thoughts. Ray's shaking his head. Did you anticipate something like this happening? Of course. Like, okay. like when it like when it, when, um, when it was first described to me, I was like, that sounds a little bit too good to be true. Like, and if... Like, how did they secure the deal with all of the publishers and how did this work? And it turns out they did not, right? So then all the <laughs> publishers were like, give me back my game, right? And it's the same kind of problem. Like, if you have any sort of platform like this, it's, it's a problem of getting the content and signing the deals, right? And uh, the big players are like, nah, like, we, we want to control this. We want to control our IP. We don't want to just be having people streaming it wherever they want from whatever service they want. We want to make sure that we get, we recoup some of the costs of this. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, it sounds pretty fair on paper, right? With um, it's very similar to the VR arcades, rich, right? If you ever seen those popping up in orange mm -hmm. County, they have these VR setups mm -hmm. in like uh, strip mm -hmm. malls or whatever. It's like licensing deals, right? For those games to be displayed and played on the hour or by tokens, uh, you have to pay a different mm -hmm. fee than just buying the game outright for $60, right? Um, I'm mm -hmm. assuming GeForce Now didn't have that type of deal or at least this was so new that licenses or companies like Activision didn't pen a deal to make this profitable enough for them to kind of loan their games or their libraries to this service. Do you feel like this is just uh, one of those things that will yeah. never happen again? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think people are going to stop trying to invest in uh, services like GeForce uh, now. Just like, you know, the they're not going to give up on uh, uh, Google Stadia anytime soon, which is a very similar sort of, uh, not exactly one-to-one, -one, but you know what I mean. It's like the ability to take your games on the go. Um, honestly, like, uh, I was just going to say that I, I, I'm pretty sure that it's just a lot of, like, bottom line motivated. Like, you know, when you license out your game to be played on, like, something like, uh, a platform like GeForce Now, maybe they just aren't making as much money off of it. Maybe, like, the the... The margins are so low because I haven't looked at like GeForce Now's like sort of uh, uh, what the cost is. Um, it's uh, five dollars a month. Yeah, last time I checked. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's so low. That's so little money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I, I honestly, sorry, Brenda, I don't really know what else to say, but it, I, I feel like. Um, 
companies that have proven in the past to to make decisions based off monetary gains, such as like Activision, Blizzard, and Bethesda, it doesn't surprise me that they would take a step away from it. Uh, and maybe like they're afraid of like losing some control over who plays it and not being able to like monetize it. Uh, I think it's also yeah. like uh, a buddy of mine actually just te- texted me saying, I think the compression issue is huge too. I don't know what that means, but um, I'll say it for you, Bob. So I, 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 there, boom. Um, but you're talking about the streaming, right? Favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk about the streaming. <laughs> yeah. But one of, one of the things, little, well, little, I guess something good to mention about, like, as soon as Activision pulled out, right, and NVIDIA was kind of doing, like, damage control, and they're saying, like, a misunderstanding was the reason why Activision uh, kind of removed those games, and kind of going into detail, uh, you know, because they were all, all these publishers were a part of the service for four years straight, right? They, I mean, it was a long time. Uh, that it was okay until it was not okay. So it was a bit of a surprise. But the thing that most people, I think NVIDIA side was not understanding is like they're not, pro- well, they are profiting, right? They're just providing a hardware to kind of run people's accounts. Uh, but like, I think what Ray is shaking his head to is like, you're still allowing connections to my game. Therefore, you can't just rent it out. Just like early days of podcasting or anything, you can't just run people's podcasts without asking them. Uh, things of that nature, right? So it makes a little sense, but at the same time, it's a, it's a sucker punch because I was super excited about it. Uh, it just seems like no one's in the leading leading position right now for streaming. Um, I think everyone's kind of just waiting for PlayStation and Xbox to kind of release their thing and, and just make it official already because all these newbies making noobish mistakes newbies. <laughs> and not <laughs> and not announcing games on on game day, man. It's like uh, letting people sit, early adopters especially, sit 60, 50 days now, right, Ray, without saying anything about what's going on. It's kind of kind of crazy. Um, so uh, I, I guess people are, are uh, no, this is the beginning. This is the beginning, man. This is the beginning of, of uh, video game streaming. So everybody's just trying something out and seeing what will stick. Everybody's waiting to see what next gen consoles are talking about or what services Xbox and PlayStation are talking about. Right. So like we're, everybody's just waiting and see. And then like, this is just, this is just the baby steps. Baby step, the tip of the iceberg. You know, baby, yeah, tip of the iceberg. And then, like, you know, five years from now, what does it look like? You know what I mean? Is it gone or is it the new normal? Who knows? I, I, I still, my, my, my stance have always been the same. Like, five years from now, what does streaming look like? It's just going to belong to Sony or Xbox. I feel like those two megaliths are the, the ones that are going to stick with a plan because they have plans to kind of grow <laughs> and do things correctly. They've been in the game so long. They know the next console, the hard next hardware isn't an hardware upgrade. It's it's a service upgrade. So they're preparing for that, right? I mean, there's been a lot of rumors how the next PS5, the Scarlet, is it the Scarlet? Is that what they're calling it? I forget. That's the, but, that's the Xbox. That's the Xbox one. Yeah, the next Xbox one, right? Uh, yeah. Are 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 they going to be the last actual hardware uh, that they're going to release? Like, this has been rumored for so long, and it feels like it's, if anything, that's becoming more and more true. Um, and that they've been 
pretty silent, man. I mean, they have their own xCloud and PlayStation Now and stuff, but they're not really uh, premiering those as their main thing. It's kind of like a side thing right now. So I'm still waiting for that big announcement saying that, hey, full-on PlayStation, play on your phone at any point or whatever. It works. Don't worry. We're here. We got those exclusive games. Right. This is why you want to be on our service. Uh, I feel like they can do that at any moment uh, in the coming months. And that's going to completely take away from whatever Google is not doing. (laughs) Uh, I mean, is that do you feel like that's sort of the case, Ray? Like, do you feel like it doesn't matter what these fools are doing? It's going to end up being Sony versus Microsoft again. Or do you think Stadia is actually going to be an actual player? Yeah, I think Stadia could be an actual player because Google has all the money in the world, right? So, uh, so, <laughs> so they could just pour money into it and like say, "Hey, you guys got three years. Let's see how this goes." Right? I you would I mean? like they, they could just I would, chill out and just do that. I would agree with you if uh, Amazon, right, uh, had a successful game studio by now, and uh, if mm-hmm. Google killer apps hasn't been about killing off apps (laughs) like that's their main thing they haven't been doing anything successful so like it's hard to kind of root for these uh i guess silicon valley companies because it's hard to kind of see them follow through like amazon's still struggling with the exclusive game and from what i've heard with their new world and all these other games dude it's uh I'm sure you've been here. Yeah, I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even thinking about Amazon right now. I'm just talking about you know, like why well, yeah, like Amazon. Like let's not talk about that. But like, um, <laughs> but for Google, right? For Google, like you know, they got people that make video games working for them, right? And yeah. so they're like, okay, guys, the timer's ticking. Here's how much money we're going to spend on this. Let's see what happens, right? Like I'm pretty sure that's kind of their approach to it, right? And and who knows what else they have in the back burner? Who they sign up? Like what other games are coming? Like I, I we don't know, right? Um, but yeah, the silence is deafening right now for sure. Uh, so they they definitely need to come with something, but we'll we'll see. Right? Yeah, I really do hope it'd be nice because right now it's Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. It'd be nice to have a four player. Uh, their advantages is pretty much let's go back to their announcements like the YouTube tie-in feature is a huge feature to be able to be watching somebody play and be able to join them I mean that's amazing they're the only companies that I know can do that right they have YouTube they're the only ones with YouTube Uh, it'd be nice if they have the patience to kind of figure that out but They're history. Why you say it like that though? Why you say it like that though? It's just their history, man. Man, I was on, dude. This is how disappointed I was. All in with Google Wave, dude. You remember that shit? It was that, (laughs) like that real time email gonna change email 3.0 or whatever. I was on that stuff. You know, I was having small development teams on that, and they cut me off. And what what was another one? Another one that I was uh, part of Google Voice well, like, at one point. Well, like, well, forget all that, right? Like, I I think that 
from Wave. A lot of stuff came out of Wave that's in Google Drive and Google Docs right now. Sure. So so they kind of co they learned some lessons and coalesced some of the technology. Um, I am still furious about Google Google Reader. Yeah. Right. I love Google Reader. I was a part of that. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I have something that takes its place now, but still I was, um, I'm still mad about Google. Reader. Like, I think Google reader should still be here, but it's, it's gone. Right. And there's a whole, whole host of things they've killed off. Right. But like I said, they got money. They know video games, a long-term investment. They hired video game people that are telling them this is a long-term investment. And so they just have to, you know, they're like, okay, guys, you have X amount of years. Let's go. Right. And, uh, and right now, are they bungling all of this? And, and, uh, there's not a proper rollout plan and a launch plan. Hell yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, but who knows what is up there, up their sleeve, you know? <laughs> well, let's just pray that you're the vets over there know what they're doing. Um, we're all praying for them. So, Moving on to the next thing, right? I know we were talking about GeForce now, but I mean, it all ties in together uh, to what streaming looks like. It is the year of the streaming. I think it all going to end with PlayStation announcing whatever they have plans for. And uh, I think people are kind of waiting for the big dogs to come into play with this stuff. So um, n- nothing counts until they announce what they're doing. <laughs> uh so let's let's talk about and move on to the next thing. This might be really quick, but uh, it's something that we've been talking about in a few roundtables now, and uh, it's worth talking about because I grew up with GameStop uh, throughout my my career, right before digital gaming became a thing. I hung out at GameStop a lot. A lot of the times, I, I I played. It was between GameStop and Best Buy where I sampled games, right? So Ray Ray has no has no empathy to towards this, but uh i don't i don't really either because i don't know why they're still around to be honest but every month there's always a story saying how employees are talking about how their bosses are being really desperate the thing that i teased about if you remember ray how about how they should turn their store into like a hangout right uh make use of their physical space uh was is actually a thing right they're actually rolling that out to a few selected store to kind of test that idea i don't know if they listen to game dumb the chain i don't know where but <laughs> but it's exactly how i said it it's like how how can you turn these little stores which they have so many across the states uh into mini hubs right into a hangout spot yeah. to be I'll around games, to games yeah yeah let's shout out electronics boutique big up because that is also what got rolled into gamestop and also uh babbages right big up like i remember back oh in the yeah day, babbages those were the yeah. spots I would go to get games, right? But that's 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 just not it anymore, right? And they and those places now, GameStop kind of absorbed all of that and turned into a big just use game, use games. Yeah. Like to, to get new games, you have to like go up to the counter and really like give you the game behind the counter. Otherwise, the whole like eighty percent of the stores is full of used games, right? It's it's just it's just a leech and a drain on the industry. It should just die in the fire. Yeah. Right. And they so definitely turn it on. <laughs> You're not gonna cry. And so and so yeah, yeah. And so I'm not going to I'm not gonna shed any tears 
right. for GameStop going out of business or filing for bankruptcy or not. Because also, if you go to a GameStop store these days, it's so depressing, crowded. Because of course, they, they're going to take the space and they're going to cram it full of used games. That's, that's where they make all their money. Yeah. So it's crowded. It's it's dark, dingy, depressing. <laughs> the, 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 the staff, the staff doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Like, yeah. and I, and I'm gonna go and do all that when I can just download the game that I want online and just be done with it. Like, what what are we talking about here, right? Like, why am I going to this place? It serves no purpose, right? So, well, yeah, like, I, I, have, I have no sympathy. Or I have no nostalgic feelings right but like those stores used to be stores i used to go to back in the day but yeah. technology's left those stores in the dust it's, it's yeah. over well let me turn it to someone that actually has a heart for uh, nostalgia <laughs> uh, <laughs> so rich i want to ask you right because you're the game yeah. designer of the group right uh one of the biggest trends in the last few years has been analog gaming. Like a lot of board gaming, card gaming has making been making a comeback. Kickstarter campaigns, making millions and millions of Kickstarter. So there's a lot of upsurge of party, group party, or, or physical interaction with gaming, right? Is there a chance that GameStop can turn into these spaces less about digital wow. games, but into Just like actual... Well, I mean, can they yeah. somewhat convert into those type of spaces to kind of have a chance? I mean, they still have these physical uh, stores all over the place. So, so I think the main challenge there is uh, Raymond was kind of saying is that there, there do exist like those hobby stores already, and they generally are much larger because you need to have a lot of physical space in order to accommodate a variety of activities. Like most GameStops, um, I want to say, are like maybe at biggest like 2000 square feet and and like most hobby stores that i like uh go to and know of have like multiple floors and they already are pre-set up with more like you know warhammer dnd like card games and you know they also have a store on top of it too so i i think that um while that that instinct i think is correct brandon it's like yeah i want to use your physical space for like uh, other games i i still think that like um, it's going to be hard for GameStop to convert over to that just because, like, the reason why it's going to use game sales all the time is because, you know, they're like keeping all of the profit. And, and it's not hard to imagine, like, oh, if we just sell merchandise too, so you could buy like Fortnite dolls or Pokemon dolls and stuff. And, uh, like, they're, they're going to make a lot yeah. more money off of that than just trying to, you know, because these are the things that, like, people will impulse buy a lot more. Like, you don't really go online to buy, like, like physical toys because uh, like if you buy digital games like going online is way easier um but you know like as you said like uh brendan like using the space uh for interaction i think is definitely the way to go but again you're also competing with people who already just run board game night in, in the comfort of their own homes and stuff like that so and also like the hobby stores which i think are much larger and generally more specialized than gamestop um so, so I think I think it'd be very difficult for them to turn around. I I wouldn't mind more hobby stores in general. I love comic books and 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 all that stuff. So, you know, that's me. Yeah, but also I don't, I don't think hobby stores are as profitable as the profit GameStop is looking for, right? So, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. They, like, like nothing says losing money like like operating a hobby store, right? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. every year it, it's. Equally as impressive seeing that GameStop is still in the headlines. Like they're still having enough money to come up with a new scheme. So I'm still very impressed that they're still kicking and, and, and somewhat surviving. 
Uh, I don't know. I, I can say that next year. It seems like they're really on their last legs this time. Every year it feels like they're on their last leg, but it really does feel this year they're on their last legs. Uh, but I mean, they're they're facing a problem that is happening across all industries, right? Less and less people are going to malls for shopping for anything now. Uh, malls are closing left and right, not just GameStop stores. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm starting to see like a lot of these VR uh location-based uh services happening everywhere right so it's a weird kind of juxtaposition to kind of see how less people are going to malls but like more game arcades are popping up again where arcades have died a long time ago besides david busters right so i don't know i refuse refuse to say that statement uh i I want my arcades to still live on Yeah. I will say this, though. I, 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 I mean, I, I, you go. I, uh, go on. Go ahead. I was just going to say something. Oh, stupid. no. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's almost all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the, before I started all of this, like, actually, like, I worked at GameStop. Uh, and that's actually, like, I worked with, like, uh, during, like, a holiday rush in a mall that actually had an arcade near it. And, uh, and like a skate park near it so like mm. that, that that to me was like the pinnacle of like like gaming before it became cool to have like location location based gaming like pokemon go and stuff and so i look back on those days really fondly and um you know i kind of wish that like uh that happened more um but like uh yeah i don't know i i think it's gonna just be tough because like you know, most people are lazy and just want to stay home. And uh, the people who do want to go out um, can can be choosy with where they go also. So I just don't know if they can just, like your, your original suggestion, like go to a GameStop that's been converted over into a, you know, board game stop or something like that. Like, I just don't, I just don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, we might be like, this might be one of the last times we talk about GameStop. I, I just wish because there seems to be like a return to wanting to be in groups again. All right. We're we're talking about David Busters is still fine. They're always filled. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever been to well, you shake your head, but man, they're always full whenever I go back, at least in the Irvine Spectrum one. And then uh and then <laughs> well, that's round one. Did it. That's what's the Irvine Spectrum. Irvine Spectrum's the most crowded sure. place that you could possibly But have. people still I go to Dave and Busters. There, yeah. yeah, right. But yeah, like yeah, ra- yeah, yeah, yeah. and then places like Round One, you guys have heard of Round One, which is like that Japanese yeah, arcade. I've heard, I've heard round one. It's a blend no, it's the bowling alley. Bowling, bowling games yeah, and karaoke. No, round one's dope. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, there's, all there's those one, there's, mixes there's up, there's, still work. There's one up yeah. by me. There's one up by me as well. Yeah, um, it's, it's yeah. Like, like, yeah, again, I used to hang out in the arcade all the time when I was in yeah. high school. But back in the day, I used yeah. to just live in the arcade, mm-hmm. and so like I, I remember what that's like, you know. And I and I re- I want those times back for sure because it was always a fun time to discover new games and and also the competitive scene, right? Yeah, like, be super competitive. Yeah, uh, with the folks, yeah. right? So, uh, but yeah, those day, those days are. Well, you, know, you say just, it's like, gone. Out. You say it's gone. But like yeah. I was, yeah. I came across like. Uh, there was a little space in the mall where they were setting up all these pinball machines. There was like 
12 to 18 of them in a room. And I was there with my nine-year-old son. And of course, it's his first time seeing such a thing. What are these machines, right? But he was just having as much fun as I was. Like, it hasn't gone away. I just feel like it hasn't been re-presented to this new generation of how this stuff is still valuable. Especially, I think, it, if anything, in contrast, it's actually more fun now because everybody's on their phone in, in their little bubble, right? Like, these spaces are more important than ever to show that, hey, interaction is actually pretty cool. So, my hope is still out. Maybe GameStop is not the answer. It might be round two or Dave and Buster's two. <laughs> like, we just got to lend the torch to those guys. Yeah, I think the logistics are really important, like making sure that the space is large yeah. enough for like there being a variety of activities. That's why round one is awesome. I, I, I love going to that place and and uh, it's it's super cool, super dope. Yeah, yeah I guess Closet Space GameStop can't do anything, right? They uh, just... these, these days, <laughs> these days uh, it seems like Top Golf is also kind of blowing up right now. Top right? Golf. Hey, yeah, I've heard of that, but I haven't gone to one. Is it yeah. is a golf upgrade yeah. place? Dave and Buster ish? Hey, hey. It's it's basically you know it's basically uh, it's a driving range but it's gamified right so right. the balls have chips in them and they track. I heard about that exactly yeah. exactly and, they, and the the balls have chips in them and they track it and you play they have different games that you can play so it's also like you could be a complete scrub at golf and still have a fun time. They serve alcohol. Uh, and, and I heard they have arcades on top serve, of the kids, right? It's something yeah, they like serve alcohol, food. Some places do concerts as well. It's big in the South, right? And I, I, I just went to one a couple of weeks ago in Vegas, and it was, uh, it was a fun time. That's so, what I'm saying. Uh, that's like, funny. I just looked it up. Yeah. It's right next to MGM Grand. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, but what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like These type of spaces are have a gamified aspect to it that are becoming very yeah. popular. And it's just the old idea of what we used to go to arcades for. So when GameStop says they want to do something, but I do, I do uh, agree with you, Rich, it's the spaces that they have right now. It's just too small, but is there, yeah. is it impossible to do anything with that space to kind of invite this kind of mindset? Is it, is it completely done? I mean, or is I mean, it just the like idea why... of GameStop is... <laughs> I think one thing that's uh, a common link between like round one, Top Golf, and uh, I think those uh, Dave and Buster's is alcohol, mm. and that's where you're going to get a lot of profit margins no matter what, <laughs> and you're going to get people to want to hang out there a long time no matter what. So I'm just going to yeah, there you I go, mean, wine and cheese then, right? Right when you get the game stuff, I can get down with that. Yeah, Try this you know, VR yeah, set. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, in San Francisco, there's coin, coin up, coin up bar as well, which is a, a bar with a bunch of classic arcade games. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. yeah. I've been to that. Fun. Yeah, man, that's what I'm saying, man. People, I, I don't, I, I totally feel like people want, like I've been around my kid who'd never been a part of this type of that type of life and yeah. he walks into it super wide-eyed and the same as i was when i was his age so i, I don't feel yeah, like but, it has really changed but the that. answer but the answer is just burn gamestop to the ground and go to all these other places <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just like create new i really do think gamestop is done like i, I don't i don't think they have the right people to kind of think in innovative ways just a lot of like uh old crummy gangsters <laughs> of used game used car salesmen trying to kind of make it go correctly. Oh, dude, Raymond, well, like when you were at the driving range at Top Golf, what are those big holes in the ground? Do you like shoot and get points for 
Sorry, I'm yeah, not totally interested in Top Golf now. No, yeah, no, no. Those are the holes, right? So basically, uh, there's different That's rings. So, so, so if you if you're a scrub and you just get into the outer ring, you get points for it. But if you get closer to the middle, yeah, you get more points for yeah. it. And, and it's it's super cool. Yeah, and it tracks your balls. That's and cool. Yeah, shows the trajectory, how far you've hit it. You know, there's a bunch of other mini games too. So it's it's, it's right. actually. It's, I'm super I'm, impressed with them. So I, I'm, I'm in, Ray. Yeah, if you want to fly us to Vegas, yeah. that's fine. Well, there's one, there's there's one, one in, in uh, San Jose. San Jose? There's one in San Jose, and there's one in uh, Roseville in Sacramento as well. This is there's none in Orange uh, County, Rich. We, I, yeah. I guess we got to create no, no, a. No, well, dude, I'm going to I'm going to GDC in a uh, couple of weeks. Maybe I'll just take a trip up to Sacramento too, yeah, or go to tell uh, them. San Jose. The San Jose one. San Jose one's closer, but yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we're rounding in. I just want to end it up with this one last topic, right? So, uh, Riot Games for a long time was kind of teased as Riot Game because they only had LOL to kind (laughs) of survive off of. But in the last year, they came hard, man, with four, am I right? Four or five games, new IPs announced within the League of Legends universe. Uh, but the most recent one being Valorant, which looks like a cross between CSGO and Overwatch, right? Which I feel is a very smart game design aesthetic to go by. I think anything a little bit more than CSGO is a very smart game design choice. But I would love to know your thoughts. Let's start with Rich, right? So, Rich, I know you can... Oh, God, why? You can be super nice, which is fine. I can be the super bad one. But, like, uh, <laughs> please talk about this. Like, this idea of, like, this um, branching out from what they're usually just known for one IP, suddenly being able to kind of just explode into these it seems like they just had a re- yeah. re- reconnaissance <laughs> with uh, reconnaissance. Re- <laughs> yeah, a renaissance yeah. of ideas. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, um, first of all, hats off to Riot for finally getting a bunch of games out. Uh, I was uh, there during a time when uh, basically pretty much all of them were in development, um, but they, they weren't nearly as ready or as polished or as complete as they are now. And honestly, like I'm enjoying playing you know uh tft and uh legends of runeterra uh it's it's really fun to sort of like see those games finally out and just playing them uh i'm particularly excited to see how valorant uh shapes out because you know like when when thinking about a game like uh, csgo and trying to innovate upon it you got you, you think about things like um how do you do like iterative innovation like adding hero classes adding like really nice like fantasy to it uh, and then how do you do like disruptive innovation? So things like um, Battlegrounds, like what, what has Battlegrounds done to FPSs? Uh, and it, what, what does uh, like having hero classes like in TF2 do to FPSs? So I think like a combination of like a super hardcore shooter uh, in a more team-based uh, game is actually super awesome. Uh, I hope that like uh, to get more information as this stuff comes out um, because I think that CSGO has like, uh, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this, but I think like um, CS:GO has like like risen in terms of popularity on streaming, and it's one of those like sort of evergreen games because of the competitive nature of it. So I think Valorant's really cool because it's trying to be as super hardcore competitive as like League of Legends is, and to do it in a way that sort of challenges like the the, the not the 
is old guard correct for CS? Um, mm-hmm. And I think I, I know a lot of the people who are working on. Uh, well, now it's no longer called Project A or even Ares. It's called Valorant, uh, which is a much cooler name. Uh, and I, and I think that they have the right people to really um, nail that one. Um, the the key is to uh, make it accessible. I think that uh, when you think of CS:GO and you think about like you know being headshotted instantly yeah. uh, by someone who has faster reflexes than you, that's going to be harder. I think for to overcome than say teaching players how to uh, as a team in League of Legends in a strategic game to like uh, learn things. Um, so, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, like. Um, I think there's a lot you can do in the round-to-round gameplay design uh, to make it so that like advantages and disadvantages like swing back and forth. That's a key thing to how make how to make mobas work, and it's a key thing to like sort of add another layer of gameplay depth uh, to an otherwise very session-based uh, gameplay. That's why CS:GO is still going on and on and on. And I know the guys at Riot know this, and I know like if they do hear me talking about this, they'll be like maybe nodding their head or whatever. But um, you know, I think that uh, they've been working on it for a long time, so it's, it's good that it's finally out. Mm-hmm. Yo, okay, first of all, the only thing I have to add to this of any sort of substance is that we are ignoring Legends of Rutero, which is another one of their new games, and also League of Legends game? Wild Rift. League of Legends Wild Rift, which is another one, which is another one of their new games, and all both of those games are actually hashtag made with unity so uh that's that's why uh, that's, that's that is what i have to add to this discussion that's probably uh, why i didn't to... care because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> valorant uh, valorant is made by yeah, unreal yeah. huh it's it's funny how that kind of popped out it just popped out to me visually <laughs> i don't know why to valorant suddenly just oh, out of those three what the one of it was the card game and the other one what was it for i forgot what was the third one one is League uh, of Legends on mobile. Uh, okay. If you count TF2, that's that's also on mobile and the League of Legends client. Uh, there's also the uh, the animated series. There's also uh, right, there's right, also Riot Forge, which has a bunch of games as well too. Uh, and and you know Valorant was just announced. That's why I was mentioning it. But uh, yeah, and Legends of Runeterra as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot, man. That's like the most games a studio announced within a year, which is pretty impressive. For I mean, I guess that's what's what like fifteen years of not announcing a new game can do. Just suddenly, just that was it. bursting at the <laughs> for what it's worth. Uh, again, I'm not a I'm not a Riot spokesperson. They only been around. Uh, they announced a lot of those games uh, during their ten year anniversary, and. I see. Um, you know, Mark and Brandon always had a plan to, you know, make Riot games. Just there's a documentary more. that you can, yeah, yeah, more than more than just LOL. But like, honestly, like when you have a game as successful as LOL, it's kind of hard to. I mean, it's like break, you know, you're sort of from competing with yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's also like you know, if you keep having like sort of exponential growth year over year over year i mean that's not actually the case but if it's like you know making you billions of dollars and there's no clear competitor you know like i i worked with you know blizzard on a moba and that was that was it was very tough to to try and like uproot league you know and so like uh when you're there it's like hey like uh let's keep this going make it stable and then uh really like um like refine out all of the R and D games, get them really nice, get them to a place where like, as soon as we announce them, we can just line them up and just like show them. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty solid strategy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And Legends, Legends of Ruterra is actually a pretty decent 
card game. Like I've been I've played it a bit, and I I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. For for some reason, whenever I see that Unity logo, I kind of turn away from it. I don't know. It's like a well, well like I mean, I just run the other way. I mean, I'm like halfway through the door. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, you definitely, you uh-huh. definitely shouldn't be doing that. You definitely should be doing that because you're going to be missing out on some of the greatest games that are made, right? But I just want to say that if you have Unity Pro, which which Riot does, and 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 even my small indie company does, you can make it so that the Unity logo doesn't actually appear. So so uh, <laughs> that's, that's the team that like Ray is trying to change the mindset. That's his team. He's like. Hey, let's keep that logo on. Let's try to make it right, happen. Right, right, it's yeah, the right. We, uh, it's the curse want folks, that they're trying to remove. Definitely, definitely want folks to show the logo and be proud that they're using the <laughs> yeah, this, this is me every time I see the unique logo. I was like, what? <laughs> but I will say the Valorant has made some really great choices. Like, I'm usually not into those type of games, right? But um, MOBA type of games. I know I should I give know, it as a I chance. It's like a MOBA shooter. Over even Overwatch is a stretch for me. Like no, 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 no. I don't. I don't know if it's making good choices because I saw it. And yeah, it looks like CSO CSO Go. It looks like Overwatch. I don't know what sets it apart from those games. Right. It's enough it for me. It's <laughs> a very stylized art style. Right. Like live, it looks very similar to Overwatch to me when I saw it. Right. Right. right but maybe right. you know that's what they want to do. That's cool. Like they have a whole stable of games that are coming out. Yeah. And so they want to kind of touch everything touch points right yeah yeah well one thing one thing that i would say and i'm just guessing at this point the overwatch like esports sort of spectator uh experience is not as good as it can be just because the game was never it's like super hard to sort of follow whereas i think that one of the things that league sort of got better at over time was the quality at which they could broadcast the game and sort of analyze the game and if you add like in breaks in the game which like csgo naturally does and then valorant probably has um if they announced it uh i i don't know like we'll see uh and i think like if you have like really good commentary on that and then you do like a like a micro play of the game like round to round then i think it actually becomes a pretty compelling like a, a like what viewer experience um yes w- whether or not it will hit the same amount of critical uh Mass, I, I just don't know yeah. what their, their their yeah 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 their monetization model is because like o- overwatch sold like i don't know seven trillion copies or something so i'm, I'm not sure what exactly it is there but you know like part, part of it sometimes it doesn't even matter it's more about like making sure to like that riot games is brand like uh like stay strong stays competitive makes like say evergreen competitive games so you know i'm just you know let's see how it goes i think like there's a lot that you can improve on the spectator experience especially for competitive shooters yeah i agree <laughs> well they haven't announced like <laughs> what, that if if uh if it's free i'm assuming it's free to play right all these all these titles i don't know all right it didn't seem well, it seems very i know legends i know legends of terra is free to play us yeah i mean that's their thing i mean they've made so much money by making yeah. things free so uh yeah, I, can't imagine, I, I can't imagine there's any premium premium 60 dollar game in that one <laughs> well what well for me from a person who's not interested in overwatch or moba or any of that 
Valorant looks very appealing to me because it's a little slower pace. I can tell what's going on, even with all the magic that's going on. But also, what's what's more likable to me is because it has the CSGO bullet impacts that I like, where I expect mm. you to die after I shoot you, right? Overwatch becomes kind of like a sponge bullet for me when I play through it because everyone <laughs> has a thousand shields on them, right? It just doesn't feel fun as a shooting game. So if they nail that part for Valorant, just the shooting mechanics, I am more open to explore the magical elements of it and be willing to go on that ride yeah. because I already like the aesthetic. So I think they have a core grab of those type of people who are kind of in the middle there which is a lot of people right you're talking about like modern warfare people battlefield people who don't play moba that's a lot of people race kind of squinching his face why don't you go in there in your corner with your little card game dude all right those people people you mentioned they played that game but yeah, whatever. All right, we'll see. All right, I'm, I'm willing to bet there's going to be more Valorant player than card player. I'll make that bold claim before our next round. Today. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's uh, a lot of um, yeah. In every single one of like uh, Riot's like new games, there. Uh, this is something like I just learned from like working there. There's there's always like a couple core fundamental uh, game system decisions that sort of like that form the basis for the entire game. And so like improving upon. You know, and you could just like turn it down into a single sentence, like, like this is uh, Legends of Runeterra is what if we combine Hearthstone and Magic, and you actually had counterplay during like a turn-based game, so it has more depth than Hearthstone, but it also has it has more depth than Hearthstone, but it's also slightly faster than Magic. You know, so mm-hmm. like how far can they go to based off of that? concept and you know like uh wild rift uh same sort of thing like how can you uh make a successful uh moba for for league of legends players and uh which are mostly in uh, north america you know and so like i think it's uh it's always very interesting to see another like big company that's trying to like um push boundaries and stuff like that so you know like uh cheers to riot for making all of these new games come out yeah, yeah. i mean it, it's a great distraction from all the sexual harassment stuff that then kind of (laughs) (laughs) it's been dominating the headlines with riot right so i'm glad to talk about games again right hey hey i gotta i gotta mention it man we can't just forget it's just like two months ago dude so let's just talk about how their designers are doing a great job all right um and i'm looking forward to what these games will mean I, i think all of them like we just mentioned have going to be a big impact for the genres that are releasing it but uh i want to also serve this time as saying that we have gone the limit i want to thank you guys my panel of game developers out here ray graham richard q for joining me every month to talk about the latest and greatest game news and hopefully everybody listeners and watchers have enjoyed our ranting and our opinions. And again, we only represent (laughs) ourselves and not on behalf of the company we work for. So please do not get us fired. (laughs) And that concludes this month's roundtable. I want to go to your screenshot right here for everybody that is viewing. Uh, Ray, thank you for coming on. Oop, this way. All right. As always, uh, repping Reunity and Richie Q being the thank awesome you. game designer on this side. Oh, he's leaving frame. Uh, thank you for joining me again. So thank you guys. No problem. Oh, no problem, man. All right. Fun, dude. All right. So that's it. That's our roundtable. See you guys Did next you? week. <laughs>